This is episode number 100 in my interview with Terrence Murphy. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, where each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's kick things off. Well, we finally did it, guys. Episode number 100. I can't tell you how thrilled I am that we got there. It has been a fun, fun ride. Now, let's get down to business here. I look forward to connecting Terrence Murphy to the line in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Creative Element. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head on over to creative-element.com. That's creative-element.com. The team over there at Creative Element has a ton of stuff going on in the world of graphic design and web design services. They can do anything for your company or you personally. Everything from web design and creation, branding such as logos, business cards. They do all types of digital marketing design. They can do flyers, brochures, signage posters, anything graphic design and web design related. If you have any sort of business or personal needs that has to do with graphic design, you owe it to yourself to go to creative-element.com and give those guys a shout. They are awesome at what they do. And I think you're going to love the work that you see on their website. And I'm personally a little bit biased, of course, because they actually did the branding for the Success 101 podcast. Any of the logos that you see on social media, that is all done by Creative Element. Go check them out today. Now, guys, as you know, I've got a really exciting show that I'm bringing you here today with former Green Bay Packer and Texas A&M legend Terrence Murphy. And before I connect the line, those of you out there outside of the world of Texas especially may not know a lot about Terrence. So I'm going to give you the quick and dirty here on Terrence Murphy. He attended Chapel Hill High School in Tyler, Texas, then had the opportunity to sign with Texas A&M, where he became one of the best receivers in school history. He was team captain twice finished his career with over 3,600 total all-purpose yards in four seasons, and that was the most ever by any Aggie receiver. And he's also the first wide receiver to break 2,000 receiving yards in school history. Interesting fact about Terrence is he's the Texas A&M record holder still today in the vertical jump, and that's for all varsity sports, including basketball. He's got a vertical jump of 42 inches, and he was selected in 2005 by the Green Bay Packers, Now he's retired from the NFL, and he became the owner and CEO for TM5 Properties, which is a real estate company. They specialize in residential land and investment. So excited to bring Terrence Murphy here today. Hey, Terrence, good morning and welcome to the show. Glad to have you here with the listeners. And I want to just dive on into the first question about your mindset. You had great success in high school, took that on to Texas A&M where you did phenomenally well there and went on to the NFL and had a career-ending injury and found yourself in a position, I guess, where you just had to pick yourself up off the ground and say, what do I do next? Tell us about your mindset and what that looked like as you found yourself outside the world of football for the first time in years and had to move forward in starting your own business. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it's, you know, uh, I always say, people say, well, how, how are you so successful? And I think it's really about the mindset. You know, it's about the grit. And I think it it's the experiences that you have to um go through in life and so it didn't ha- it didn't take me to get to the NFL to see guys be down and out about their life it's where I, I grew up around it you know in East Texas uh, very humble beginnings and um, you know same old story different day dad left you know drugs guns 
poverty uh, kind of mindset, not just uh, economically, but also the mindset is what I like to kind of focus on. And, and so at an early age, I had to learn to dream and I had to learn to fight for my dreams. And to, you know, almost like Will Smith said in the movie, you know, you got to protect it. And, um, and so there was lots of times that I would tell people, I'm going to go D1 or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to college, to a big time college. And my friends, my coaches, even teammates, teachers would always kind of try to steer me in a different direction, you know, and a lot of times that just built more at, uh, grit and more determination in me. And so it's just kind of the way I'm wired. And I feel that every person, God makes us all with that grit. We all have determination. It's just finding what you're truly passionate about. And growing up, I was very passionate about sports. You know, I always say if we didn't have free time or time to go run and play, I probably would have not been in school and been done in elementary. But, you know, and so I think really that's what kind of drove me. And then after retiring from the NFL and, you know, I like going against the odds. I like doing things that people think you can't do. And they just kind of expect all athletes to leave the NFL and primarily expect all black athletes to leave the NFL and just kind of do nothing with their life. And, you know, I really, you know, took that and and just came back and, you know, worked my butt off. Um, People think that, oh, well, you just came back to Aggieland and real estate fell in your lap and they don't know the journey. And, you know, I was reading so many books, man. My goal was to read like one or two books a week. You know, and I probably read about right at 38 to 40 books in about 16 months. And so I was just pouring in knowledge and just reading. And it wasn't a skim. It was reading them and taking notes and digesting it and, and staying up to 2, 3, two, three in the morning, Googling and studying. So that's kind of where it started. So tell us what was different about you. You obviously had success at the collegiate level and then took that onto the pros. But I hear that so many times where guys don't make it onto the pros or maybe they do and they have a career ending injury like you did. What was it that made you turn that into a new chapter for good in your life where you started seeking education, started seeking knowledge, and you just knew that though one thing was gone in your life that you had loved for so long, you knew you had to start down a new path and turn it into good for yourself? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, I like that Mr. DeBartolo, um, that used to be the owner of the 49ers, you know, so many times the world puts these thoughts on you or, or these, these perceptions and, you know, I always say, oh, you're, 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 you know, you're a sore loser. And I remember he said in an interview, he said, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. You know, that kind of mindset just kind of goes against the grain and, you know, I really love that because it's like, you know, show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. And so for me, people always say, well, you got to be content and you got to be, yeah, I get that. You know, I believe in the Lord and I believe in being humble. And But I think as, as an athlete, if you're not wanting to get better every day, you're going backwards. And so, yes, I might have had a 42-inch vertical, but I wanted a 44-inch vertical. You know, yes, I might have ran a 4.35, but I wanted to break 4.35 and do a 4.33. So it's something about being an athlete and continually striving to get better every day. And I had some great leaders, and Coach Slocum, RC, Kevin Sumlin was my receiver coach, which now obviously is the head coach at a and uh, Mike Sherman was my coach at the Green Bay Packers. James Franklin, which now is the head coach of Penn State, was my receiver coach in the NFL. So I had some great guys that every day they saw something in me and they pushed me. And so I kind of took that mindset. And once I kind of realized that it was time to start over in the game 
and not still hold on to what I had did on the football field. And really, at the end of the day, no one cared. Well, I got that in my mind. I just kind of said, all right, I'm starting back over from the ground up. No different than when I came into Texas A&M as a two-star recruit. And I remember everybody saying, why in the heck did Coach Slocum sign this guy? We don't know who he is. He came from a high school that going into my senior year, we were 1-19. in That means we won one football game in 20, 20 outings. And those kind of experiences in my life, I've always been the underdog, and I kind of take pride in it. It gives me a chip on my shoulder. So, Terrence, what you went through was no easy task, and starting over never is. But so many people are faced with that today. They have to start over. They have to start a new career. They start a new chapter in life. They have to start a new mindset to succeed. What do you think most business leaders today are lacking in order to figure out ways to take that first step or get in the right mindset to really start over with whatever chapter or whatever path they're heading down in life? I always talk about transition. And there are certain things that when you transition in something else to where, you know, you go from quarterback to receiver or you go from graduate to professional or you go from single to married, there's always a transition phase. And um, the one thing I try to focus on is really finding why am I wanting to transition? Like, what is the purpose of my transition? Really, when you go back to that, there's some foundational truths in there. And it's like, what's the passion? You know, am I just getting married to get married or am I wanting to transition to being married because I'm passionate about this this woman and I love her? Or am I, you know, I'm going from being an eight to five to where I'm finna do start my own startup company. Am I just doing it to, to try to find the follow the fad or is there a true passion that I have? And so I'll say this real quick. Uh, foundational truths are I always say find your passion. If you can truly find a passion, something that you're passionate about, the where if you don't make any money. For two years, you would still do it. That's when you know you love something. And then I say, so now once you find your passion, then you got to figure out how do you become the best? So like, how can I study it? How can I really learn those ins and outs of that process of that career? And then I always say, once you find your passion, once you really study and, and you bust your butt to become the best, then the resources will find you every time. A lot of times people want to look at opportunities and say, all right, when am I going to get paid? When am I going to make down the road? Find your passion first, and then everything else will fall in place. Terrence, that's a great answer, and many people out there say that they want what someone else has. But what I noticed about you is you're getting up each day. You're making your own future a reality. And I go to the games, and I see your company logo on the Jumbotron screen. I see your banners all over the place around the stadium. But at some point, we look at what we're doing many times as a grind, and we look at the things that we once thought were exciting as a burnout. I would love to know what you're doing each day to make sure your growth and development continues as a leader and what you're doing to keep things going when work just becomes work and you hit that mental bottom or burnout, you know, as we all experience from time to time. One of the things I went, you know, and I had a real uh, in-depth personality test done, um, I actually just did that because I kind of got on that point, like you say, where it started becoming work and I started almost running into that burnout season. And what I've learned is there's always going to be a piece to the puzzle that brings you joy. Yeah, everything about playing football, I didn't love going out there in 105 degrees with full pads on, sweating and cramping up. And I hated it. But there was lots of pieces of it that I love. And so it's like, how do I really focus on for my company, for instance? Me, I love creating new ideas, new companies, new, actually new 
um, ways to market or like what what kind of challenges the company to kind of pivot you know these small pivots that we can create inside of our company to find that competitive edge it's the same way as an athlete the team a the guys would go in or even in green bay they would go in well i would stay after and now it's kind of cliche but at the time it wasn't i would stay after and catch 200 balls on the jugs and then i'd do some extra feet drills it's just those little things that you know i know at the end of the day if i do it and i do it consistently i'm gonna see the results and that's the great thing i love about being an entrepreneur when you work for yourself you know that every time you stay after every time you put in that extra rep you're going to see the results and that was the closest thing i could find to being a pro athlete and so to answer your question back to those leaders is what piece of that puzzle do they really enjoy is it the management side is it the growth side is it the number side and making sure that yeah you got to delegate but there's those certain things that if they bring you joy you hold on to them because that's the part of the puzzle that i i enjoy doing Let's shift to real estate for a minute, if you don't mind. And I'd really love to know how you got into real estate specifically and the path you're on now from the world of professional football. That's a great question. So one of the things we were in the locker room at Green Bay and guys were, you know, after practice in OTAs or, you know, I don't even remember. It might have been later in the season. And I remember Sam Congato walked by. He was leaving practice and he had on scrubs. And I remember everybody was laughing. Where are you going? You got on scrubs. And. I'm a people watcher. You know, I really like studying people and I study success because I think success leaves clues and I think you can learn from anybody. And I remember going to him saying, where are you going, man? He's like, I'm actually going down to intern at the hospital. You know, I want to be a heart surgeon and go back to, uh, I think he was from Congo. And that just really inspired me. Like, I'm like, this dude's in the NFL. He just practiced, just like we all did. But instead of going home or staying in the weight room, he's going to go work at the hospital because he had a bigger purpose. That's when I realized, what is my purpose and what can I be doing after ball? And I just kind of started looking into some things. I was doing some uh, hard money lending for some guys in Highland Park in Dallas. So that's kind of where I cut my teeth. And as I would go and ride around with those guys and see what deals they were working on that I was putting my money into, I, I decided, well, heck, I can do this myself. And so once I retired, I came back to A&M, started doing some postgraduate stuff at the Mays Business School. And Sydney Donnell is the uh, dean or head of our program at A&M. And she was kind of giving me some personal books to read. And long story short, I just kind of found a passion there. I love houses. I love construction. I love design. And that's kind of really how I kind of fell into it. It kind of started off as me investing my money. And, and in 2008, when the stock market went down, I went to my financial advisor and I said, I need to get my money out of this. And he said, well, stay in it long term, stay in it long term. And, you know, I said, I'm out. You know, and he said, he challenged me. He said, well, you tell me what you're going to do with your money. Obviously, it's my money. He could have gave it to me. But uh, I went and got some books, studied them real quick and said, here's what I'm going to do. I laid out the plan in about seven days. And that's kind of what, how it all went. So you found that your heart was leading you toward the world of real estate, but you still got to go out and make something of it, right? You still got to do something with it. How did you specifically find your success in the world of real estate? Um, so, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing as far as real estate, you know, once I decided that was my journey, I remember going to my wife and telling her, I'm not doing anything else until I see a level of success in real estate to where I feel comfortable, you know, looking at other ideas and you know, a lot of times you see guys, you know, retire from the NFL and every other week they're doing something else different. And I went through that season, man. I came back. I was trying to work on my master's. And then I started doing some ministry. I was coaching and I was just kind of trying to find it. And when I decided to attack real estate, I didn't turn back. 
You know, I burned the bridge of any other option. And I think that's the first thing for most people, being entrepreneurs, uh, being business owners. You can't leave that option out there that, hey, if this doesn't work out in six months, I'm going to do something else. So for me, there was no other option. And um, I just got into real estate. I started studying every realtor in Central Texas. I started studying agents in L.A. and New York, San Diego, Austin. And I started finding, like, okay, why is this person successful? You know, just the same way I studied receivers when I was trying to learn that position. You know, it's amazing that God brings things earlier in your life so that when you cross that path again it's easier so that transition from quarterback playing quarterback my whole life to where boom i moved to texas a and i'm playing in front of a hundred thousand people and i don't even know what i'm doing at wide receiver so i had to transition fast and it was the same thing i learned in real estate and so i just kind of you know one of the things back when i started my career no one was taking professional photos in our market but I started studying the fact that at that time it was like 80% of all buyers started their search online. Well, now it's like 94%. So what I started doing is taking professional photos because if people are looking at houses online, my photos look better than everybody else. And it was those little small things like we talk about, those little competitive edges to where I was able to go from my first year in the business. I did seven deals for a million dollars, literally. And I was at a, another company. And I decided, you know, I'm not getting trained. I'm not getting, no one's leading me. And we were hiring everybody with two legs. So I left the company I was at and I started my own company. Um, and from that next year, I went to $6 million in sales. And then that next year, my third year in the business, I started bringing other agents. And I personally did $20 million in sales. Well, that was four years ago or well, five years ago. when I, No, it was four years ago last, this January. I started TM5. And this year, we'll do $100 million in sales. And we're still not even, you know, tipping point yet so terrence anybody who knows you knows you're a big thinker a big dreamer what is your vision for tm5 properties as it stands today yeah so you know our, our my vision for tm5 properties um is to be the number one real estate brokerage in aggie land so when people come to brian college station and they think about real estate they think about buying a house selling a house buying a ranch selling a ranch you know buying a rental investment property i want them to think of us and we are on the rise very quickly, you know, with the Aggie 100, you know, we, we were able to win the Aggie 100 award, which is a very prestigious award from our Mesa Business School um, in our first year eligible. So, you know, it's pretty cool to see, you know, we were competing with oil and gas companies, tech companies, and we were the number 37 overall fastest growing Aggie on company in the, in the world. But we were the number one residential focused real estate brokerage on the list. So being number one on that list as a residential company, residential brokerage was really a big achievement. And it just shows where we're headed. And our goal, like I said, is we want to be top of mind of anybody who comes to this market. They know that this firm is Aggie owned, it's locally owned, and our primary focus is Brian Station right now. Terrence, you mentioned the word grit a couple of times earlier, and I know we can apply that many times to the athletic world, but what does that mean to you when it comes to the business world that you find yourself in after athletics? What does grit from a business professional sense mean to Terrence Murphy? I think the word grit as a business leader uh, is something that's very cliche now with all the Instagram posts and everybody saying, oh, you know, I want to be a lion or, you know, beast mode. And, you know, it's so funny to me because I, I look at it and I'm like, those people, half of them don't even understand what that's really about. And I think grit means that when the going gets tough, when you are literally on your butt, will you make an excuse 
will you look to your parents? Will you look to someone to bail you out? Or will you look in the mirror and say, this is my only option. And that's just how I live my life. I've never called home. I didn't have the option of calling home. I've never had a brother or someone I could call. And I just know at the end of the day, it's on me and it's on my faith in the Lord to figure it out. And so that grit just means that no matter the circumstance, that you're going to find a way to be successful. I always say, when I think about grit, I say, you can take me, blindfold me, and drop me off in the desert, and I'll find my way to the water. You know, I will find a way to eat, and I'll find a way to be successful. And so one of the mottos at TM5 Properties is, no one who walks through our doors is allowed to be unsuccessful. Like, you have to be successful in whatever shape, form, or fashion that is for you. You have to succeed. Being unsuccessful here is not even an option. You know, people always say, like, right now that they know me, like, man, like, sometimes you're, you're like, very standoffish or you, you know, you always kind of figure it out on your own. I'm like, well, when you've had to live your life that way and you find a way to make it out, that's kind of what you become. And so for me... I've just always realized that at the end of the day, I'm the one that's accountable for my life. I didn't make any excuses on where I started. And and today, you know, with this company, you know, um, there was a point in time that I was like, well, dang, man, I know I'm, you know, I busted my butt at A&M and and I know I'm supposed to be doing this. It's like, but at the end of the day, people want to, they want to know before they give you business, you know, they want to know that you're going to do it the right way. And I think in the beginning, people always gave me compliments but what they didn't realize it was actually disrespectful uh they would come to me and say well team five is only successful because of your name and i never have responded when people say that you know but how did i get a name (laughs) i didn't just fall into kyle field like how did i even get to kyle field and so it's like people want to start on chapter 16 of your story or your book and they don't want to read the first 15 14 15 chapters and so you know kind of back to what I said before is like I actually learned by watching what I didn't want and I and I to tie that in I mean I watched that my dad we didn't have a relationship he wasn't at my games and so I was like okay so I don't want that obviously so instead of making excuses let me figure out one day I want to be a great dad and then you know I looked at I had older brothers that were athletes and they made some great choices and then some choices they didn't make great and and I watched them and they were you know talk to me all the time but you got to make this choice and so really in reality probably my two older brothers were role models to me because I saw them walk out there and do it as an athlete and I kind of learned from the mistakes they made and made sure that I tried to stay on the straight straight and narrow. Terrence I know you're a guy that loves the Lord and loves your family so we don't want to forget about them tell us a little bit about Erica and the kids. Yeah man so um I married a an amazing lady who actually was a Longhorn. She <laughs> went to UT Austin, <laughs> but I got her to the good side. So married her and just a great woman of Christ and really, really um, just did something different about her. Um, and it wasn't about all the glitz and the glamour and the football and the T. Murph and the Terrence Murphy and the Green Bay Pack, like all that crap that comes along with, you know, uh, meeting people. And so um, so I had mar- met her, married her, been married now eight years and we have a five-year-old um it's taryn danielle and we have a two-year-old which is tatiana claire and then we got our little first little boy on the way in june so we're gonna name him junior 
So we got a Terrence Murphy Jr. And originally, we kind of talked about that. And I said, well, do I really want to raise a Terrence Murphy Jr. in Bryan College Station? The guy will be two weeks old and people expecting him to catch a touchdown pass. So my wife really, she knew that was a dream of mine growing up, not having a great relationship with my dad and to trying to carry on that name. And so we, uh, we're going for it. So we're going to name him Junior. Man, congratulations on the first son. That is awesome. And as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, Terrence, just a couple more questions that I thought the listeners might get a lot out of and that I was really wanting to know was who was the most dominant or influential opponent and or teammate that you went up against back in the day that just you felt like made you better overall you know I would say this probably the most well-respected defensive player I played would be Derek Brooks from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I mean I was warming up before the game and he came up to me and I shook his hand you know being a young guy like hey man you know nice to meet you man my name is he was like man I know your name bro I was like okay (laughs) he's like we've been studying you all week I said, well, great, man. I'll see you on the field. And so just playing against him. And then I would say Al Harris. Uh, he was a defensive back, tall guy, 6'2", at the Green Bay Packers. He was probably one of the better DBs I played on a daily basis, just going at it with him. And, but, man, I've been – you know, I was blessed, man, to, to, to start from where I started. You know, going into my ninth grade year, I was 5'6". I was one of the shortest guys in the grade. And then I ended up shooting up to, you know, 6'1", 6'2". But – you know, I was always the underdog. I've always been the underdog. And I just to, to make it to the NFL and go, you know, at that time, we had a drought of first, second round draft picks. And so to be able to go, because back then, you know, they had the first, second, and third round in the first day of the draft. And so to be able to go second round is just truly a blessing. And to leave Texas A&M with pretty much every record on the on the board when no one even thought I'd ever even play a snap. But it was just, it's just been a, it's been a ride. It's been a great ride. Terrence, as we wrap up the podcast here, I know this might be a challenge. I've saved this till the end. But if you can, tell us about a memorable moment or two that you look back on. Of all the memorable plays and all the memorable opportunities you had, what are maybe one or two that really stood out to you? Yeah, it's probably three, but I'll break, I'll break it down to one or two. You know, like you said, I played as a true freshman and played four years and played every snap. So I've got a lot of plays. But I'd say that first game, my first game ever at Caulfield, as a true freshman, back then we had freshman camp for a week, and then we brought varsity out. And that year we signed seven receivers, including me. And all those guys were five stars and whatever. And uh, I remember starting out on just a freshman team. I was on the third team. And so when varsity came out, I was probably seventh down on the depth chart. And I just remember just busting my butt, grinding it out, keeping my mouth shut. And just knowing that at the end of the day, once we all get on the field, the stars go out the window as far as how where you were ranked and the talent shows up. And from a confidence standpoint, I took that moment in my life and brought it into real estate. Because at the end of the day, over time, if I do it the right way and I outwork these other realtors, people will start taking notice of the, the success and the talent that I have as a realtor. Well. I ended up going out after being on 17 three weeks before, and then by the time we went to that first game at Kyle Field, I caught the game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter with two minutes left to win the game as a true freshman. Um, and so that's my one moment that, you know, all the work, all the nights of staying up, all the nights of running and crying and knowing that I was a D1 athlete and people telling me I couldn't achieve it, that was a pinnacle. And then 2002 when we beat the number one team in the nation, the Oklahoma Sooners, 
because at that time Oklahoma was Alabama. The Alabama of today was OU back then. Great defense. Their whole defense was like six five, six four, six three. We go out there and I catch two touchdowns and have, have like a hundred and forty five yards or something crazy like that. We beat the number one team in the nation. That's probably my most favorite moment or game at Kyle Field. I've never heard Kyle Field any louder than that night. Never. Nope. Never. Hey Terrence, tell our listeners where they can find you. Your company website, social media. I know you're out there in a lot of different places. Where can we best connect with you? TM5Properties.com is my brokerage website. And then my personal team site is TerrenceMurphy.com. Um, and then obviously you can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's just TM5Properties. And then my Twitter handles are just Terrence Realtor. So T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E. And then Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. So that's the easiest way to find us. We're, yeah, we're, we're doing some amazing stuff here and really excited about it. Terrence, I appreciate your time here today. I know that you are a busy guy, but hopefully this brings a spotlight even more so to what you're trying to do there in your real estate business, TM5 Properties. And we wish you the best as you continue to go out and thrive in the real estate business and look forward to hearing about an incredible 2016 for TM5 Properties. Thanks again, Terrence. All right. Thank you, bro. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. See you soon. And I hope you guys got a lot out of that. There are so many key points there to take away from playing football at a Division One level, going on to be one of the few who get to play in the NFL. But then the most important thing to me, and what we can all take away from this, is how do we apply this in the business world? How do we take that mindset? So many things we feel like are not going down the path that we would have drawn up for ourselves. But the idea here is a guy who found great success in his life and had to work very hard to find that success, only to have an unfortunate career-ending injury and then find himself at a crossroads. Do I sit here and feel sorry for myself, or do I go and try to make something of this and try to make something of my life? And that's exactly what he's doing. So I'm so proud of you, Terrence. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep rocking it every single day, as I tell our listeners here. So once again, you can find Terrence at TM5, the number 5, properties.com. You can also find him on his team's website, TerrenceMurphy.com, and then also in the world of social media on Twitter at Terrence Realtor and on Instagram and LinkedIn at Terrence Murphy. I look forward to bringing more of these interviews to you from high-performance individuals to help you shift your mindset and your habits so you can reach your full potential each day. Thanks so much, guys.